0: Thank you, Lord. We turn our eyes, our hearts, our minds to you, Jesus. And thank you, Lord. Thank you for your presence right here amongst us. Lord, it's in your precious name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Well, I'm excited tonight because I'd asked this young man a while back, and he happened to be a time when he was going to be out of the country and he couldn't share and uh, But I was excited he's able to share with us tonight. I'm going to ask one of our very own Sinclair Dudley, a man that loves Jesus, uh, has the word, is excited. Um, y'all give it up for Sinclair, a precious couple. A true story, y'all. They've been here for, what, five years, four years? No. <laughs> 12 years. No, it cost two years. And I really didn't get to know him until we were actually on the Skylark. We were walking, not this year, but the last year, he and his wife, Catherine, and I was like, hey, let me come on up next to them. And we did, you'd be surprised what you can learn doing a lap around uh, a track with them. I learned about how at the assembly plant and for the Honda assembly plant, they, they connected and like, uh oh, look at here. And and really just begin to hear their heart and I the thing I love is I know they, they love the Lord, they love each other, and they love people. And so I'm excited with you to hear what God's laid on Sinclair's heart tonight. So y'all give another wonderful welcome for St. Dudley. Thank you, Pastor. I bless you.
1: So how's everybody doing tonight? We're good. good. Praise God. You know, I don't I, I don't take this lightly. Thank you. Um, and the reason I don't, I blew it sometime in the past, and I'm going to tell you what I'm talking about. Um, at my early stages as a man of God, I was walking, um, not walking, walking the things of God. And one day I was in a restaurant in a diner up in New Jersey, and I was just sitting there, just enjoying my breakfast by myself. And a man came and he sat across from me and said, I would like to buy your breakfast. I said, okay, praise God, thank you, it's a blessing. So he bought my breakfast, but while we were talking, he asked me to speak to the youth, right? I'm all excited. I said, oh man, this is my first time, yeah, praise God. I'm going through Bible school. I said, yes, yes, my opportunity. So I told him, yes. But as the day approached, I started getting scared. I got so scared that I called the man that invited me to speak and I canceled it. I told him I could not make it. And I hurt that day because of the fact that I'd allow myself to talk me out of a blessing, not only for me, but also to the youth that I was gonna speak to that evening. And that day forth, I had told God that I would never, ever miss another opportunity to speak to people if God gives me the opportunity. The word of God says to be in season and out of season. I know my pastor in New Jersey used to always tell me this. He used to say this to me. He said, if I would lose my notes, would I be able to still deliver a message? And that's the thing that stuck to me too. That means that all of us, should have some word inside of us. Amen? amen. I mean, you're gonna get opportunities each and every day. And we should be able to say something to somebody, amen? Um, I consider myself a evangelist. And the reason why, because I love being around people. I get the opportunity when I go into Walmart, even if I just stand there and say, "Hi, how you doing, you know? That opens up a door, gives me the opportunity to minister to people. And that's what it's all about, ladies and gentlemen, is, is, is ministering to people and letting them know about the good news of Christ. Amen. And the word of God tells us to be a witness. So that tells me, again, that I don't need to know a lot of word. When I was coming up in church again, uh, going through school, they used to tell me about the Romans Road, right? And then I'm sure everybody heard about the Romans Road. And I used to get the road all messed up out of sequence everything because i'm trying to remember scripture but the thing about it the only thing that they need to hear from us is our witness that's it you tell them what god has done in your life and if you can do that god will do the rest amen and that's what it's all about but that's not what i'm ministering to you about today amen i just want to share that with you um Let's pray. Father God, in Jesus' name, Lord God, I thank you. I worship you. We praise you, Lord God, and we just give you thanks, Lord. And Lord, we are so excited to be here tonight, Lord God, and we just give you praise and glory because of that, Lord. And Lord, I I just want to decrease while you increase in me tonight, Lord God. I pray that your word would go forth out of your mouth and accomplish everything that it has set forth to do. In Jesus' name, amen. you, You know, yesterday I was at a meeting a Kairos meeting. And Kairos is um, prison ministry. So we have to meet for so many hours each month before we actually go into the prison in October. So then the, the uh, leader told us to do this yesterday. And he says this, he says, to pretend that you're sitting in a field overlooking a valley. A valley. And he said, the scenery is beautiful. You see everything, Right. And he says this. He said, imagine Jesus walking up to you and sitting down right next to you. Right? And I just like went into this trance. And uh, as I was sitting there, it just seemed like everything just started opening up. Uh, just thinking about what will I say if Jesus is sitting next to me. So what Jesus did he put his hand on my shoulder and he said this to me. He said, you know, I died for you. It is time for you to start living for me. And when he said that yesterday, just like my voice is crackling now, I had to think about everything that I have been doing in my life. Have I been fully living for God? Or have I I just been going through the motions? I have to sit back and question my life so, so far. Have I been doing everything that God has called me to do? The Bible says that he has called me out of darkness into what? His marvelous light. So I have the light of Christ in me. But have I been shedding that light or sharing that light with other people like I should? So it really spoke to me yesterday. And then I also heard this, and I'm not saying that I heard an honorable voice yesterday, but I also heard this come up in my spirit. I believe I have some things that are holding me back. That are holding me back from being all what God has called me to be. And the title of my message tonight is Fences. Fences. Webster Dictionary describes this fence as a barrier intended to prevent escape or intrusion or to mark a boundary such as a barrier made of posts, wire, or, or boards. Today, they're made of wood, vinyl, or whatever the case may be. But the fence I'm talking about are not created for good things in our lives. They are created because of sackbats and negatives that had came to pass in our lives today. In 2016, there was a movie that came out with uh, Denzel Washington and Viola Davis, and it was called Fences. I don't know if anybody saw the movie or not. Denzel played a character uh, whose name was named Troy, and Viola Davis played his wife. Troy was a trash collector. Troy gets in trouble in life as a thief and he kills a man and he goes to prison. But while he was in prison, he finds out that he has a talent for Major League Baseball. So he gets to play in the Negro League, but never made it to the Major League of Baseball. So Troy believed that it was two fences in his life that was holding him back. The first one was age. Everybody says age. age. Right? He thought that he was past his time and he was too old. So anybody that is sitting out there today that you think that your time is up, I got news for you. You're not retired. When it comes to the army of the Lord, you don't retire. God can always use you. Amen. Another thing Troy believes was that he was colored the wrong way. But I heard something the other day. The Bible says that I can do what? All things through Christ who strengthens me. Thank you. Right? He didn't say some things. He didn't say a few things. He says all things. So Troy had a musician, a musician's son he doesn't support. Troy has another son who is good in football and he doesn't support him either. So something is going on with Troy. He can't encourage his children because of two things. Troy is hindered by jealousy. Troy is also hindered by his own failures. Troy didn't succeed, so he keeps holding his children back from succeeding in life. So my question to you tonight... What are the fences in your life that are holding you back from God uh, calling you to be all that you can be in him? Troy's son was so good in football that the recruiter was coming over to recruit him. What Troy tells his son, I'm not going to sign the papers. Failure and jealousy will create a fence that not only affects you, but it causes you not to want no one else to go any further than yourself. Then something happens good in Troy's life. He gets promoted to the driver of the trash truck. First African-American in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania to be on a job such as this. Even though he can't read and he doesn't have a driver's license. Fences are built to keep stuff out and also keep us locked in. The problem with my fence is that it has a memory. Some of our fences are 15 to 20 years old. My fence blocks what God is trying to do in my life. We have fences that prevents people even from loving us. We let things in that hurts us instead of allowing things in to heal us. My problem is that I'm speaking for myself. My problem is that I don't know how to discern good from evil because I'm latching on to the thing that hurt me and rejecting that which will help me. If you have your Bibles, can you turn to 2 Corinthians 10 verses 3 to 6? It says, for we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not cardinal, but mighty through God to pulling down of strongholds. And it says, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. And having in readiness to revenge all disobedience. When your obedience is fulfilled, I believe this was in the early '70s or probably late '60s. It was a sitcom that was out, and it was it was called The Flip Wilson Show. Anybody remember that? Right? <laughs> and then on the show, Flip Wilson used to dress up as a woman, and the woman's name was Geraldine. Right? And what she used to say is what? The devil made me do it. But can I tell you, the devil can't make you do anything. Let me say that again. The devil cannot make you do anything. His job is to suggest... His job is to keep you thinking that he is responsible for the defeats in your life. Can I tell you that the, dra- the devil travels in ignorance? And what I'm talking about as far as ignorance, he travels in what you don't know about God. He travels in what you don't know about God. 1 Peter 5.8 says that be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. He is already a defeated foe. Since he's already defeated, he's all, all he can do is temp. But his teeth has been pulled also, Right? But yet he goes around gumming Christians to death. He will throw you to bait, but it's up to you to take it or not. Anytime that there is a stronghold in our life, we cannot blame it on the devil. The negative fences in our life has been built by us. I have a fence because I built the fence in reaction to something that happened In my life. I allowed the fence to age instead of tearing it down when the threat is gone. I allowed it to stay up. I leave it in place as though everything and everybody is a threat. It has been clear to me that my biggest obstacle has not been outside of me. The church has taught historically that our biggest adversary is the devil. And when we begin to think of fences, barriers, and obstacles, we start thinking of things outside of us. But my greatest enemy is no longer the devil. My greatest adversary is not other people. What's going on inside of me is what's holding me back. The devil never built a fence inside of me. The devil didn't hand me the materials and gave me an option. The fence is not natural. The fence has been in place so long, it has taken on supernatural qualities. But you and I have weapons of warfare that are strong enough to pull them down. So my issue is how do I get the fences in my life finally to come down? All my external conquering can be done simply by faith, but my internal battles can only be delivered by faith, the word of God, and the Holy Spirit. The problem with our offenses is that you have to fight to keep them down. I had to bring them under subjection. When you subject something, it fights to get back up again. Once the inner fence falls, you shift into a whole different level in Christ. I'd like to share one of the fences that I had in my life. Amen. I was in the Marine Corps. I went to Japan in 77 and 78. I was a sergeant. And as I reported into Okinawa, Japan, I was the first one there to start building the next platoon that was coming in behind me. But during that time I was over there, it was some stuff that was going on. There were fightings against the black and the white Marines when I was over there. And it hurt me deeply because I thought that once I put on that uniform, we were all the same. But when I got over there, I found out differently, and it really hurt me to the core, and it's something that is still inside of me even till this day. I love the Marine Corps. The Marine Corps had treated me well. I was a sergeant on my 20th birthday, which was actually unheard of in the Marine Corps. So rank wasn't a problem for me. Giving orders wasn't a problem for me. Listening to orders was not a problem for me. But when I got to Japan, it just changed everything in my life. I thought when we were in formation, we were all the same. I used to love marching people. Oh God, I used to love it. (laughs) I used to love calling cadence. I used to love running. And I used to love to hear the sound of boots in a formation. And I loved everything about everything that I did in the Marine Corps. I really have nothing to say bad about it whatsoever. I just went through a season in my life that I had to quickly, and I use the word quickly, come out of. So the entire year I was over there, it was The same thing. I had to watch where I was going. Watch what I was doing. Watch what I was saying. The whole bit. I even went into a bar. And when I went into the bar, they refused to serve me. Because I was African American. These are the things that I dealt with in the Marine Corps. Stationed in a foreign country. Which really... Hurt me inside. But I knew I could not continue to carry this and I had to come out of this. Because if I didn't, it would have caused division even within myself. I would have started looking at people wrong. I would have started saying things to people the way that I shouldn't be saying them. So even though I was not walking with Christ Like I should. Amen. God was still with me. Because he had to take me and cradle me in his arms and tell me that it was going to be all right. And when he did that, the love that was inside of me started overtaking me. So, regardless. or what externals I saw or heard, the love of God overshadowed all of that stuff. I love God because even though I wasn't talking to him like I should, he was always still in my corner. When I needed somebody to talk to that would understand me, God was they 're listening to me, so as a sergeant in the, Corps, in the Marine Corps over in Japan, I start listening to what God had said to me, and everything just start working its way out. But I made the mistake one night. I went out in town. Um, it was maybe a week before it was time for me to rotate back to the States. My tour was a year and a half. So when I was about a week to go before I went, came back to the States, I went out to town by myself. So what happened as I was traveling back with some rice in my hand, amen, I was hungry. And uh, these two Marines came out of nowhere. And they said that I was one of the ones that jumped them last night. So I looked at them. I said, I just want to let you know that I am a sergeant and if I find out who you are, I will be coming to look for you. And that's what I told them. But yet that did not deter them. They was ready to pounce on me. So what I did, I set my rice down and I was pretty good at throwing my foot above my head. So I act like I knew karate. (laughs) I watched a lot of Bruce Lee movies, amen. So I act like I knew karate and I threw my foot over my head and they looked at me and they said, maybe you wasn't the guy. Oh, so I said, yeah, OK. So they left me alone. I picked up my, my rice and went back to the barracks. A couple of days later, I saw those two Marines in the mess hall. So as I was eating, I looked up and I saw them over there sitting, uh, the both of them, with some other Marines. So I walked over there. I'm a sergeant. So I walked over there. And I said, they were Lance Corporals, which was E3s. I was an E5. And I said to them, I said, uh, remember this face? And they looked at me. They said, no, sergeant. And I said, well, take a closer look. And I got real close to them. I said, do you remember this face now? And they couldn't say anything. So I said, stand at attention. I said, you're done eating, stand at attention. So the mess hall sergeant comes over to me and asks me, what am I doing? So I told him to get away. I am exercising my rights as a sergeant in the United States Marine Corps. So he walks away from me and they stood at attention while I sat there and ate and I really enjoyed it amen <laughs> I enjoyed it but that's a fence that I still carry deep down in my spirit but every day I ask God to take away that thing from me it's something that I always want to pounce up every now and then But my job is to keep it down. Amen. And the only way that I can keep it down is through the word of God. So my question to you is, how do we win this battle? How do we get rid of these fences? I'm glad you asked me that. It says, for this, I'm reading from verse nine. It says, for this cause, we also, since the day we have heard, do not cease to pray for you and desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. So the first thing that I need to do, and let me say that again, for this reason also, since the day we have heard it, do not cease to pray for you, and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. So the first thing that I need to do is come under God's will and understanding. So that the knowledge of God begins to control my life. That's the first thing that I need to do. Let me say it again. is to come under. I need to come under God's will and understand it so the knowledge of God begins to control my life. Now, hear this. When I was in the street, I had street knowledge. And street knowledge taught me about what? The streets. Amen. But now... I'm in the kingdom of God. So now I need some kingdom knowledge so that I can know how to handle myself in the kingdom. The second thing it says is that we, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him. So that means that I need to start living my life to please the Lord and make sure that I please God in everything that I do. In everything that I do. You know, just like when I walk in here, right? I think in Psalms 100, the later part of it, it says to enter into his gates with thanksgiving. So that tells me that if I want to get into the presence of God, I cannot come into the presence of God any old kind of a way. The Bible says that God is holy. So if he's holy, then I have to enter in to his gates with thanksgiving that means regardless of whatever's going on in my life I still owe thanks to God I still owe him thanks right even before I start serving him I gotta take some of that time from the time I wasn't serving him and give him thanks for it because even though I was not serving him God was still working behind the scenes on my behalf amen So I owe him some thanks. Amen. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. And the next part of it says, and into his courts with praise. Right? So that means, regardless of what's going on in my life, right, if my money is funny, I'm sick, right, I still got a praise on my lips. I say, Lord, I thank you. I praise you. Because even though I'm going through, you're still here with me. And that's the way we got to do it. If you want to come out of things, you got to remember to enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. And the latter part of that is says to be thankful unto him and bless his holy name. That's it. Amen. That's it. You want to get into the presence of God? That's the way you enter into the presence of God. Amen. It says to be being fruitful in every work. So that means, this is the third one. This means that I want to increase my fruit of righteousness every day. I want physical evidence I'm doing better every single day. I can walk worthy and raise my sense of worth. Amen. You know, just like, I'm not saying literally anything has fallen off of me, but I can be walking someplace and something just, just like fall off of me, right? And I say, I guess I didn't need it. You know, I don't go back and pick it up because of the fact that it fell off of me. I have made a decision that I no longer need whatever that thing was in my life. Amen. And it says also uh, in that verse, increasing in the knowledge of God. Amen. That means that I have to make sure This pursuit of God is not just on Sundays. I want to make sure I am in a life, in a life search to know more about God. I want to make sure that my revelation is not just wide, but deep. I want to expand, but also dig into God's word. If I'm going to walk worthy of him, I must know more about him. Number five, it says strengthened with all might according to his glorious power. That means understanding that what God does is give me strength. Understanding that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I want to let God give me strength every day of my life. I need to know when God is stepping in. The Bible says when he, when I am weak, he is what? Strong. Amen. I have to make myself available for the strength of God. And how do I do that? I meditate on his word. Amen. I meditate. I chew on it. We have an English bulldog, right? And anytime I give that dog something, it is hard. To get it back. <laughs> Amen. I can probably take whatever she has in her mouth and lift her up with it, but she will not let go of it. And that's the same way that we have to be with the word of God. Amen. Well, right. We get hold of it and we can't no way, no how ever let it go. Six. For all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father. Can I tell you that patience in the Bible is endurance? I need patience because it hasn't happened yet. Christian patience is not waiting like it's not going to happen. Christian patience is possible because God says it is going to happen in your life. So I need endurance... So I can keep running the race. Amen. My patience and my endurance is what God says and what he has already done. I believe God. That's why I am holding on. You know, people used to always ask me, well, how long are you going to wait? Right? And my answer was always as long as it takes. As long as it takes. Long suffer means while I'm enduring I'm calm while God's working it out. Want me to say that again? <laughs> Long-suffering means while I am enduring, I am calm while God's working it out. I have learned to, to have this face like everything is going. You don't know sometimes what is going on with me. Because I am trusting God to get me through or to get my wife and I through whatever situation that is going on in our lives. We got to the point in life is that we just believe God. They're just as simple as that. And we have decided some time ago, we don't go to church or fellowship because we have to. We do it because we want to. There is a difference. Amen. We do it because we want to. We do it because of the fact that we love God. Amen. And I know all of you love God, too, because that's why you're here tonight. Amen. I'm calm because of what he said to me. I'm calm because I'm created in his image and after his likeness. I'm calm because I have the Holy Spirit that works inside of me. I'm calm because I have his word. I'm calm because I have his strength. I'm calm because I have his power. I pray that tonight that this word would help you because the fences that are in your life, I don't know what they are, know what they are, but you know what they are. But tonight I pray that those fences that are in your life will come down. I said they will come down. Father, I thank you. I bless you. I give you thanks, Lord. I just thank you, Lord God. I thank you for the word that we heard tonight, Lord God. And I just pray, Lord God, that whatever fences that are in our lives, Lord God, that they will come down because we're going to believe and we're going to stand and we're going to be calm about everything that we do from this day forth, Lord God. And I thank you, Lord God, for the word that was sown tonight, Lord God. And I pray that it falls on 100 fold, Lord God, that you get a 100% return of this word that was sown tonight, Lord God. And we give you thanks for it right now. In Jesus name. Amen.
0: The reason God gave you that word is because you get to exercise that word.
1: Yes, praise God.
0: He gave you that authority with the word. It came with it. And here's what I want us to do tonight. I want, Hannah, if you'll come up and play. Here's what I I want us to do. I want us to take just a moment because all of us, if we're not careful, there's offenses that people offered up and we took the bait and it it, it offended us. And there's the defenses where somebody dissed us and did something and we become defensive to the point that we can't respond accordingly either way and so i would love it we're going to take just a moment and as hannah leads us in worship i don't want anyone anyone to leave here that's either been offended um, or you're living in the sense of defense of always worried never opened up to the lord and opened up to say lord there's nothing going to happen to me That's gonna, that's that's gonna catch you off guard. That's gonna, that's gonna in any way harm me because God, you're able. You're able to do above whatever I can even think or ask. Also, I love what David said. I think it's Psalm 129. When he said this, it's verse 23 and 24, he said, search me God. See if there's anything here. Is there anything in here that, that is displeasing to you? Is there anything I've allowed in or anything I've built up? To either try to protect myself or to try to build myself up, to build a wall, to say, hey, look, I'm, I've got my own fortress. And Lord, I want that to come down so that I can be effective with all those I come in contact with. That I'm not going to allow the things that have happened in here, the things that have done to keep me from accomplishing what He wants to do through me. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, I do thank you. Lord, I thank you. Jesus, I thank you for Sinclair, I thank you, Lord God, that as he shares on these fences, things that we erect in our life, to either keep people out or to keep us locked in. Lord, I thank you that tonight you have called, just like you did at Jericho, to call the walls to come down, so that Lord, you could receive all the glory and all the honor, and you could accomplish everything, that you would rout the enemy. As those fences and those walls came down, you would rout the enemy so he had no more place in our lives. Lord, I thank you. You did it thousands of years ago and you still do it today. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Take just a moment right now and I'm going to, Sinclair is going to be right here. If you, if you need prayer, for something that continually is has been there. it's You know it's there. It's a blockade. It's not even a fence. It's a full-blown blockade that's keeping you from getting around or getting through something or getting to something. I believe that God wants to, to break that tonight completely over you in Jesus' name. So just take a moment. We're going to worship for just a second. Thank you, Lord. Hold your hands up. I want to pray for you. But I want to bless you. Father God, you're the one who commanded blessing to be spoken over your people. And in so doing, Lord, you in turn, as we place your name on each one, in turn, you would do the blessing. So I say to each one of you, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord lift the light of his countenance on you and give you his peace. In Jesus' name, amen.